Hey everyone, I'm Josh Loftus, and this is the Everyday a Monday podcast, the podcast where we talk about everyday people doing everyday things in everyday churches. Whether you're a pastor, a plumber, or that random guy that still thinks Windows 8 was a good idea, this podcast is for you. This is where we find value in the trenches of Christian life. Welcome to the Everyday a Monday podcast. And with me today, I have a very special guest, someone that I've uh, uh, had the pleasure of working with before and interacting with both online and in person. Uh, he's a writer. He's a conference speaker. He leads church history tours in Europe. He's a hymn writer, a father, a grandfather. And I'm talking about the Mr. Douglas Bond. And uh, my first question to you, Mr. Bond, is there it, it, like is there anything actually that you don't do? <laughs> yeah, there are a number of things. I've never been good at math. I, it's one of the things I like about C.S. Lewis. You know, he flunked the math entrance exam to Oxford. And I'm yes, yes, I, I'm in, I'm in some decent company that way. No, I, you know, there's a number of things. And as I get older, I feel more of my limitations all the time. But I, I do tend to be kind of a jack of a lot of things. I wish I was more of a master. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, I hear you and me both. Well, we've had the pleasure of working together on an audio book, as well as uh, perhaps some more projects in the future. Um, and if you would uh, give us a, just kind of a short, a short bio of who you are, what you do. I saw a post that you made on Facebook the other day about when people ask your kids, "What is it your dads do?" <laughs> they, 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 they say, "Oh, my dad does church history," yeah, <laughs> and, and I found that really funny. Give our listeners just kind of a short. Short synopsis of what you do for a living. Yeah. You know, my, my poor daughter, she's 13. That, that pretty much says it, right? She was 13 and she was, uh, she's in drama group and things. And, and she, uh, uh, she was talking to some of her friends and, and, uh, <laughs> that, that e- later that evening, she said, uh, she's sitting on the couch and she was kind of looking, you know, seemed like she was withdrawn and all. And, and she said, daddy, how come you can't have an ordinary job like most of my friends? <laughs> Thanks, sweetheart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I said, well, did you enjoy the trip to France last summer? You know, you you come on these trips with us, you know, and you help out a lot. And she does, and I give her jobs all the time. But we basically do church history where it happened, uh, whether that's in my books as a writer, uh, at conferences I speak at, uh, and per- perhaps most, uh, most specifically at the... Um, uh, the tours, the Christian church history tours that we lead, um, and, uh, in, in various places, um, uh, in Europe. And, uh, so that's, I mean, I, 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 I came to that, uh, really because of a love of, uh, church history. I came to find that, that my real heroes, we're all, we're all, you know, we all worship heroes. We're all hero worship, uh, you know, is, is built into us. Um, we all look to others. I think that's why the, in the scriptures, um, you know, in the New Testament alone, 28 times we're told to imitate other people. Right. And, right. um, you know, my, my, you know, many of those are the Lord Jesus Christ. And of course, all of them ultimately are the Lord Jesus Christ. But Paul tells us, we just read it last night in Second Thessalonians, to imitate him uh, in chapter three of first uh, Second Thessalonians, you know, imitate me, uh, which is a big, you know, that really sets the bar high and, and, and puts, you know, you encircle yourself with accountability. But, you know, we have uh, so many so many people vying for our children, for this generation, for our own hearts, um, uh, to imitate us, be like us, uh, uh, says the world. And um, we as Christians have a uh, a legacy and a heritage um, that is is 
remarkable, made up of, uh, of great people who did great things, men and women who took great risks for the kingdom of God. I was just talking to my daughter, my 13-year-old, last night, and uh, we were talking about Blandina in the arena, dying for her faith in Jesus mm-hmm. as a 13-year-old. And, and not listening to all the messages being shouted at her by her culture and her world. So my goal really is that and we would walk around Zion and that we would gaze at the, at the citadels and gaze at the towers and all. I'm speaking in figurative language here. Um, we would look to these, to these heroes and that we would find a clearer sight of the Lord Jesus uh, as we uh, surround ourselves with this great cloud of witnesses from the past. Right, right, yeah, and you know, I'm still hoping to get on one of those tours with you for sure. Whether we're, as a we're make that happen, I mean, it's yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we have to, we have to. So when you when you're going on these tours and uh, and and just kind of the this this unique uh, employment position you found yourself in, kind of what's what what would you say is both the best part of that job and perhaps the hardest part for you? Yeah. Well, I, I would say, uh, I mean, the best part of it is really the people. I mean, I love being around people. I love being around the church and kingdom of God. This is your podcast is all about the church. And uh, I, I love meeting people from different places. I mean, I just was emailing our people for our England and Scotland uh, church history tour, uh, Puritan and Covenanter tour. There's all kinds of names we could give it. Uh, what we do is church history where it happened. And, um, and, and occasionally we get to places and, and there'll be other people that will sort of gather around my group. And I'm, you know, sometimes they think that they're stealing from me and I'm just like totally happy that they, that they're there because uh, it's just, a, it's a delight. And to see in the providence of God, the way um, the trip unfolds, we have people coming on this trip from all over the country, you know, from uh, California, from Texas, from South Carolina, from Kansas, and, you know, the list goes on. And um, some of the challenges, Josh, you've asked about, um, you know, we want we want it to be the very best experience for our people that it possibly can be. I've got a, a tight budget because I want, I want to pass on the best savings. So I'm, I finagle with hotels, get them to give us the best <laughs> deal they possibly can. And, uh, and, and, you know, they, they, they often do. And we try to go back to the best hotels that we've been to, but that's the challenge for me is I really want this to be a special thing for them. And, uh, and yet I also want it to be affordable so that, uh, so more folks, more folks can go, uh, on, on these trips and experience church history where it happened. Right, right. Well, you better be careful. People are going to start like planning their weddings and stuff for your trips. You're going to have to start, you're going to have to start charging more if, if you're a, if you're a honeymoon destination at that yeah. point. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, real quick, before we translate into something else, what's your favorite place to go to on these trips? And then what is the worst thing you've ever had to eat? Oh my, ah, boy. You know, the, my favorite place, I, 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 it's, it's all, honestly, it's impossible. I have to do it thematically. I mean, I love Scotland. I absolutely love Scotland. And I've over, over many years of traveling to Scotland, I've, I've gotten to be very good friends with Scottish people. I got a phone call a few months ago from uh, an adult uh, daughter of uh, a fellow and his wife that I've gotten to be very close to. And, and she was sobbing on the phone. And I said, Heather, it's good to hear your voice. And she said, well, I wish I was come, calling to tell you some good news, but my dear dad went home to be with Jesus. And, um, you know, wow. it's just, um, 
it's it's so wonderful to to get to know these people in Scotland. So Scotland's a very special place to me because there's very special people that I've gotten to know and love there. And and uh, one of the most unusual uh, things I had for breakfast, uh, and I've had it repeatedly now because we've gone to the same place in Germany, um, in Eisleben, in Luther's birthplace and also his death place. And this hotel, actually, the von Mansfield, it was actually the death place of Luther. It was old in Luther's day. And the smorgasbord breakfast includes boiled eggs on the half shell with real caviar dollop on top. Oh. I've never had caviar oh, breakfast man. before, but I, I eat it there dutifully. It's not my favorite <laughs> thing on the planet, but I, I you know, I eat it. When, it, when in Rome, well, I guess when in Rome or rather exactly. when in Germany, exactly. right? Yeah. You got to have haggis. I, every trip to Scotland, I always have haggis oh, man. once. And, um, oh. uh, you know, yeah, that's, it's tough. You know, I mean, haggis is that meal that was the only thing left after the pillage and plunder of the English over into Scotland. You know, they killed all the sheep and, and then what they, what they leave, they left the trampled oats and the gut pile. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a reason for that. Yeah. And, and, and I, I don't know if you looked at that and thought, oh, well, we might as well, uh, let's turn this into a dish and make it a staple in our country. Why not? Exactly. <laughs> They'll come in from miles around. It'll, it'll yeah, be a hoot. Yeah. Yeah, no, we'll take friends out to dinner in Scotland after we've stayed. They've hosted us and all, and and you know when we go out to a nice dinner, well, you know what do they 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 order haggis nips and tatties. You know, I mean that's uh, <laughs> that's what they want to eat. Honestly, yeah, there's yeah, I would not be able to do that. I'll just be honest with you right now. Yeah, I'll, I'll pass on the caviar and haggis. I'm good. Yeah, Thanks. yeah we'll grab the HP sauce, the House of Parliament. Yeah, yeah. Sauce. You hey, know, you there you go. For that on anything you can eat. It. When I come on your tour, I'm gonna have a separate carry-on bag of A1 steak sauce. It's just gonna be full of it. <laughs> I'm just gonna douse everything in it. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Oh man. Of a translate here into our next topic. Now, you're, the church that you're currently going to, now, is it a new church or is it a changed location or is it a church plant? What's, what's the situation yeah. there? We had here in the scriptorium for three years this month, we have had a community group that's met every other Sunday evening. Uh, for three years. And it's been neighbors. It started just as a hymn sing. And we sang for two hours in the Trinity hymnal. And that grew into a, a time of a time in the word, a prayer, lots of singing, a uh, very, very uh, musical family would bring their violins and cellos and even banjos sometimes. And, and, um, and we would have a wonderful time. And so out of that has come, uh, we are now a uh, we're now on the radar of the Presbyterian Church in America and our presbytery uh, as a church plant. Um, uh, we will, uh, Lord willing, officially be a mission church plant in May. But we are meeting Sunday, every week now, Providence Presbyterian Church uh, at Discovery Village in Gig Harbor, Washington every Sunday afternoon at four at that location. Uh, and uh, we look forward to um, to what the Lord's doing. We'll have our fourth Sunday uh, as a church plant uh, just this coming Lord's Day. So when you think about your church, um, what is one aspect of your church that you just really appreciate? So basically, if, if, if you hadn't been part of the original church plant, if you were coming in, you know, visiting for the first time, what's something about your church that would basically make you stay? Yeah. Well, I I would say if I can sort of I'll lift myself aside and look in, I would I would want that to be that uh, the holiness and the sovereignty uh, and the grace and the mercy and love of God are 
held high. There is awe and reverence in our worship. Um, we, uh, we want, uh, King Jesus to, to, to rule and reign in our hearts and on our lips, uh, as we gather to worship. And, uh, and I guess, uh, alongside of that is that, uh, we rent the space and I'm sort of the, I've been the liaison to the general manager of the place that we rent and everything. So I have to kind of watch the clock and all. <laughs> and, uh, it's a delightful problem that I, you know, the the clock has has been ticking. We actually added another half hour to our rent rental contract uh, uh, after our first uh, gathering because people don't want to leave. You know, they want to stay right. and visit and fellowship. And well, and that's a great great problem to have is yeah, when people yeah. don't want to leave and enjoy the community of that's right. of the yep. believers so much. Right. Yep. Yep. Um, the point of this podcast is to encourage the everyday church member in the everyday yeah. acts of service that yeah. they do. You know, um, we have. In our society today, at least I think a within the church a propensity to gravitate towards sort of the the celebrity pastor model mm-hmm. and how everybody flocks toward this kind of one individual and then the individuals that are serving day to day you know whether in Sunday school or or in the kitchens or you know the janitors cleaning the bathrooms they have a tendency to be forgotten and they have a tendency for their service to not be elevated yeah. and right. lifted up and seen as important in God's eyes so when yeah. you when you serve in your church. Um, one kind of what in what capacities do you do that, um, and why did you why did you choose those capacities? <clears throat> well, I would say too that in Ephesians four, we're told that the 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 leadership in the church, the 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 teaching and preaching ministry in the church, is there to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Mm-hmm. So, uh, a church that isn't um, isn't actually equipping its people to be up and serving up and washing the feet of their neighbors um, is, is, is failing in what it's doing. If it's, if it's giving, you know, these erudite lectures in the pulpit and everybody's ooing and awing at the, uh, at the, you know, how smart the, 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 the lead pastor is, there's a big, big problem going on. Right. You know, right. Um, you, you mentioned celebrity, celebrity preachers. It's they're celebrities for a lot of different reasons. You know, in our PCA, it's more easy to do uh, sort of, uh, sort of erudite celebrity instead of, uh, instead of pop culture celebrity. But um, mm-hmm. in other, in other denominations and church cultures, there's, you know, uh, this real pull toward the ethos of entertainment and so forth. Um, and which is, which is a you know perfect storm for, uh, for setting up an individual as the, yeah. as sort of the icon instead of King Jesus. Um, so every, every Christian it, it should be part of the church and should be not just kind of showing up at the last minute and then walking out as the final strains of the last uh, hymn are, 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 are fading. Um, their, their fellowship is an important service in the church, actually um, getting, getting to know other people and, and uh, finding out what, you know, how they need to be prayed for and, and then really mm. doing it, praying for it. You know, we often say, um, uh, we, in our, in our uh, uh, church plant, we have a, <laughs> a dear saint, I call her Venerable Joan. And, uh, you know, when I, when I'll, I'll call Joan and I'll say, well, listen, I'm flying down to so-and-so and I'm going to be speaking, you know, I was in, I was in Australia this last fall and I spoke 23 times in like 12 days. And, and I said, Joan, I, I really need to know that you're going to be praying for me while I'm gone. And she'll say, Dear Jesus, and the next thing out of her mouth is prayer. I mean, she just begins right then. What do we do usually? You know, oh, I'll pray for you about that. You know, 
later. Right, right. Later. And then, and then, yeah, yeah. And then it absolutely, absolutely yeah. happens. Uh, right. right. Yeah, whoops, I got <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, I've, I want more and more to be the kind of person when somebody says, yeah, I've got this issue going on at work and I don't know what's going on or, or I have mm-hmm. some, I've got some, gotten some bad news from the, from my, doctor about some tests and I got to go back in for some more time. Well, let's stop and pray about that right now. You know, I think that's, that's service. That's important service in the church. Now it's some people say, well, you know, I'm not very, I'm not very vocal. I'm kind of an introvert and and all. Mm. Well, you know, actually um, offering a cup of cold water in Jesus name, Jesus says is a, is a great service. That's, that's so offering a cup of tea or coffee to somebody, you know, saying, Hey, you know, I can make, I make a really good pot of coffee. You know, well, I don't actually, I was just, I was speaking hypothetically here. (laughs) I'm a business owner, but you know, but uh, my wife isn't brilliant at it. I mean, it's an art form. Um, now, so I'm sorry. So to to interject here, when you're talking coffee, like what kind of coffee is your wife making? Is she just like the kind that pours the Folgers in the cup, or is she doing the full pour over? Oh my god, like grinds oh, her oh, beans. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. She um, selects the beans. You know, I mean, there, there's no oh, there's no uh, import export guy doing it more carefully than my wife. And then she, you know, she grinds her own. It's like this. It's like the shrine. You know, yeah. I, mean, I stay out of the way. It's you know a coffee I mean? shrine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, well, you know, Don't do touch call the coffee, coffee grinder. Stop. She only drinks one cup a day. Okay. She wants it to be a really good cup of coffee. Sure, sure, sure. So, <laughs> and I'm totally good with that. That's fine. I In other words, that one cup has to get her through the entire day. Exactly. Right? <laughs> yeah. So it better be good. Yeah. So I'm, you know, I like to, you know, she and my older kids, I have four, they're married, having their own kids now. And, yeah, it's wonderful. Uh, but, uh, you know, she, they, they will go on coffee crawls with her in Seattle, you know, and I, oh, wow. you know, I'll okay. go along cause I can drink quite a few, uh, London fog lattes in, in a, okay. you know. <laughs> I like tea. I like tea, you know, so, all right. Um, but, all right. Uh, but they all, you know, they're kind of embarrassed, want me to sit at a different table, you know, stuff like that. But, um, but anyway. <laughs> Uh, I mean, for uh, listeners from other parts of the country, you know, I mean, we, we do have to help them understand, Josh, this is like coffee mecca of, uh, or at least Seattle thinks it is anyway. Right? Oh, yeah. oh, no, it definitely, well, well, and especially with as gray as it is out here all the time, uh, if you're not having your, I mean, I personally don't drink coffee. That's actually something that I've been told like fervently I need to start doing. Um, and in my head, it's just kind of like, you know, you should start doing like, meth and like no i don't really want to do that (laughs) and uh yeah you know i'm gonna get in trouble for that comment with my wife and she listens to that because she she is uh she's definitely what we would constitute as a coffee snob and she's actually taught me how to make good coffee and that's the only reason i ask you know you got to grind the beans you got to do the whole paper filter if it's not a paper filter it's not working yeah Uh, but anyway i i i majorly digress you know you know something something that i really appreciated about what you were talking about. And I, and I kind of want to want to bring back and, 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 and summarize perhaps is just showing up in church and being a faithful worshiper and interacting with the community of believers that you are with, asking how they're doing, meeting them for coffee, investing in their lives. You are saying that that in and of itself is an incredible act of service. You know, I don't think we, we hear that enough. Um, you know, whenever we talk about service in the church, uh, people people think about actually doing something, volunteering for something for projects, which, of course, that that is good service in and of itself as well. But what I hear you're saying is that just being a good member 
and investing in the lives of people around you, that in and of itself is an incredible act of service. Yeah, showing up is no small thing. Um, there, you know, there's these divine appointments, and and when the church gathers on the Lord's day, the day Jesus rose from the dead, when the church gathers on that day, we need to be there. If we're not there, there's a divine appointment for us with Jesus as he meets with his his body, the church. And there's a divine appointment for us with the person next to us and the person behind us and the person who's hurting and the person who's uh, lost a loved one, um, the person who um, is who needs the Lord Jesus. They're, they're not a Christian and someone's brought them to the, to the service. That's happened to me before where I've turned around and <clears throat> greeted somebody and said, uh, Oh, it's nice to see you. I don't think I've seen you here before. Um, and I remember this person saying, yeah, I grew up in the church. I haven't been in the church in 15 years. I said, oh, really? You know, my mind immediately adjusts. And I think, you know, because we tend to think, well, they're at church. They must be a Christian. That's not a good, necessarily a good posture. There are children that are at church who really aren't born again yet. And, and we can be a light to them. And we can, uh, just by sitting there and taking seriously them looking at us and seeing that we are looking at the the man up there that God has ordained to be preaching the word of God to us. That we're looking at him. We're taking notes. We're looking at the scriptures. Um, you know, that's a huge witness to them. This, there must be something important here. So there's no, there's no small people. There's no little men, no little women, no little children, um, un, unimportant in the church and kingdom of God. And um, we all want to um, use our gifts. Sometimes we aspire to be that celebrity. And I think this is one of the big dangers. I've had, I've had people, uh, I've, I've heard and had conversations with people. And as I listen a little bit more and all that, I begin to think, mm-hmm, I wonder if they're really thinking about the cup of cold water, that maybe the Lord wants them to begin small. And mm. begin to, to begin to have that influence on that single person. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. So, real quick here, because we're running out of time. Um, what would you say to the person that comes up to you and says, "Doug, I, I don't feel that my service in church is." encouraged or valued. I feel like I'm just kind of alone in church, doing my best, but I don't, I don't believe that that what I am doing is actually worthwhile. You know, what, how should, how would you, and then Ergo, how should we be encouraging to the people in church that are doing what would, some would perhaps consider the mundane tasks or the mundane service in church? Yeah, yeah. That's a really, really good question because I think that does occur a lot. I think people get disillusioned with the church because they don't feel like their gifts are being appreciated there. And sometimes that's the case. Sure, sometimes right. it really is true. Um, so let's let's take that scenario. Let's say it's actually true, um, and and maybe there's some uh, there's some envious church leaders that want to keep that person from, you know, um, uh, participating in in some kind of teaching role or what have you. Okay, uh, it is a broken world, and the church is made up of sinners. <laughs> That's going to happen. <laughs> now, let's get used to Guess what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's get used to that. So. In, at this particular moment, what is my calling? What is what is what does God in Christ want me to do? Well, He wants me to love as I've been loved. Um, I was loved when I was unlovely. I was loved when I didn't appreciate Jesus. When I was yet His enemy. <laughs> okay, well let's you know, let's not go that far. The church leadership isn't your enemy, but they just right. you you don't feel like they appreciate your gifts, or this person doesn't, and. 
Um, all right, so how can I serve? In what capacity can I serve? Is there a one-on-one? And one thing you can do is go to leadership and say, where's that young, where's that young man? that is struggling. You know they're struggling. Maybe maybe there there's a there's a family breakdown going on or some some issue where they're struggling and they need somebody to disciple them. And I guarantee you that that leadership will say, "Oh, yeah, I can think of three or four or maybe more than that uh that that need uh someone to meet with them. In fact, would you maybe consider, you know, doing a pizza thing on Friday nights with those three or four?" With a view to, you know, reading through, um, uh, you know, reading through thoughts for young men with, you know, our J.C. Ryle and and just looking up the scripture and discussing yeah. with them. What do you think of that? Great book, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. There's yep. always a role, and and we some we let's let's be honest. We are proud people. We tend to think that we have a gift that's far in exaggeration of what it actually is, and so we feel underappreciated. I would say almost every time that does happen, there can be some envious leadership that's keeping you down. But there's also a component, and I would say every time there's a component of thinking more highly of ourselves than we ought to. And being willing to say, okay, in the particular circumstances with the particular people that God in his perfect sovereignty and wisdom has brought together, I'm sort of a chump right now. Fine. I'm a chump that wants to wash some feet. Whose feet need washing? I, that, I, I'd say that to, to anyone in, in the church and kingdom uh, of God. Fantastic. And to, myself, to myself. I mean, that's me. Uh, how can I serve? You know, um, yeah. Jesus girded himself up and washed the disciples' feet, and it wasn't just road dust on their feet. No. no we're talking no. camel dung and worse on their feet. And our Lord Jesus uh, rolled up his sleeves and did that for his disciples and said, now you go and wash others' feet in my name. Yeah. 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 And that truly is the, the, the best. And I think most uh, important mark of a true servant in the church is humility and that they don't, like you said, think too highly of themselves to get down and clean the toilets uh, and, and, and be content with that, you know? And, and that's, I think that's a good question that we all should be asking ourselves is if, would I be content and would I, and not even content, would I find joy in mm-hmm. cleaning my church's toilets? Right. And if the, and if the answer is not yes, then, then, then perhaps, like you said, we think too highly of ourselves or our thoughts of what uh, service is, uh, needs to be reoriented a little bit. Yep, right. Yep, yep. Um, so, okay. So, Hey, we have come to the end of our time before I let you go. I want to, uh, throw some Monday hot takes at you. This is when I just ask you a quick question and you give me, uh, the first thing comes to your mind as quick as you can. All right. Are you ready for these? I'm ready. All right. Monday hot take one favorite band, favorite band. Oh my goodness. I would say, um, just right off the top of my head, the Seattle Symphony. Okay. All right. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> They're not a band, Doc. Oh, oh. <laughs> we'll, we'll count it. We'll, <laughs> we'll count it. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. I have I have all my young my young listeners right now like, what? Symphony? What are you talking about? Okay. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Worst book you've ever read. Worst book I've ever read, I never finished because my goal is, uh, when I approach a book, 
Uh, I just did this the other day. Uh, I, I, I say, you know, not every book was intended to be finished. And so if I start a book and, you know, I don't, it's not really working for me. I'm not, I'm probably not going to finish unless there's some compelling, you know, reason uh, to do so. Worst book I've ever read. I didn't read. Favorite theologian. Oh, you know, immediately John Calvin springs to mind, but there's so many. Uh, living theologian would probably be um, Sinclair Ferguson. Um, oh, yeah. How do you beat the accent? I mean, it's honestly the accent that makes him the best, right? He, I mean, he could read a phone book and I'd, I'd be in trouble. Right? Uh, let's see. Okay. Worst style of music. Worst style of music um, is, is music that – uh, without naming a, a genre, a subgenre of music's name, I would just say something that has no um, has no melodic uh, quality to it, no lyric quality to it. Okay, all right. Uh, let's see. Have you ever walked out of a theater because the movie was so bad? And if so, which movie? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I I have walked out of theaters. Um, I can think of at least two times. Um, and one was, and I, and I'm afraid I'm not gonna be able to remember the movie, but my wife had confused, uh, the name of a movie with another movie. Oh no. And we got in this movie and it, we realized this is not <laughs> this, a movie. This is not what I paid for. That's right. And we got up when we walked to the, uh, to, it really wasn't, it was like five minutes. I mean, we weren't even five minutes into it. And right. I, I said, wait, did you read reviews on this? What, 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 what? Yeah. And so anyway, we got up and we walked out. Uh, and yeah. So, and I don't All remember right. the name of the movie. Uh, no, that's fine. That's fine. And you've never let her live that down, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> did you read the review? Are you sure it was the right movie? Right? <laughs> we already paid for the tickets. Yeah. Well, they gave us a refund. I do. Remember oh, good. That. Oh, hey, you well, know, I've nice. got enough All Scott's right. blood in me. I remember that. There you <laughs> go. There you go. You go haggle some money out of them. All right. Uh, raisins and cookies. Yes or no? Oh, yeah, I do like raisins and cookies. Uh, oatmeal right. raisin cookies. Moist. Mm, chewy. Uh, oh. See, raisins and cookies are the reasons I have trust issues because they always look like chocolate chips. And you take a big <laughs> bite and you're like the disappointment. I've never felt a level of disappointment than when I thought it was a chocolate chip cookie and it turned out to be yeah. raisins. I, I understand, Josh. But, but you know, I, and I used to feel that way. But as I got older, I began to – I love chocolate. Oh, and chocolate chip. Yeah. But I began to like my, my – I don't know. My taste buds began to be more eclectic and I began to appreciate raisins for their own – self for, for for themselves yeah all right well i'll start with raisins and cookies and maybe i'll get up to that uh, that caviar and haggis that, that that you're enjoying we'll see uh let's see mac or windows i'm a windows person oh oh man okay uh, that's fine yeah, that's fine. Apologies. Got, yeah. yeah uh what's the best advice you've ever been given uh augustus top lady when you step up into the pulpit speak more to the hearts of the people than to their heads. Hmm. All right. And last but not least, uh, who are you aside from Christ? Who are you looking forward to meeting in heaven the most? Mm -hmm. Well, uh, I look forward to meeting John Bunyan. I mean, here, I mean, you know, this is a, here, here is the monument to really what we've been talking about today. God raises up simple people. And this is what John Knox said about the Scottish Reformation, that God, the Holy Spirit, raised up simple men in great abundance. Uh, 
And, you know, here's John, uh, John Bunyan, um, a tinker of little formal education. And he pens the best-selling single volume of all time in the English language. J.K. Mm -hmm. Rowling, step aside. She had to write seven volumes to exceed. <laughs> there's, been a, there's been articles about this. Yeah, no, that's no longer true because J.K. Rowling. No, 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 no. She had to write seven volumes to exceed the sales of Pilgrim's Progress. Yep. John Bunyan's a one and done and he, he, he drops the quill, right? And that's it. <laughs> All right. Hey, wrapping up, uh, Mr. Bond, tell people where they can find you. Website, uh, social media, give them, here's, here's the red carpet for you. Roll it out. Bondbooks.net, not .com. That'll take you to the, the guy with the, um, you know, the fast cars and all that. Uh, bondbooks.net and uh, my podcast is The Scriptorium. Uh, and uh, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. Um, I'd love to connect with folks uh, in those places. Uh, and uh, we have an April trip coming up to Oxford, the Oxford Creative Ready Masterclass. And I have just a couple spots open in that. Would love to have a, a couple more aspiring writers who want to do an unforgettable life-defining uh, literary tour of Middle England uh, with, uh, with a group of, a small group of, uh, of wonderful folks from around the country. All right, bondbooks.net. All right, and uh, you all can subscribe to uh, this podcast on iTunes. Head on over to joshloftis.com for podcast info and show notes. Uh, Facebook.com slash Everyday Monday Podcast. And um, Mr. Bond, I appreciate you being on, uh, at least, you know, at the very least to show that us Reformed Baptists and Presbyterians can actually get together. We totally And do. get along, right? Absolutely, we do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey, thanks for coming on. And uh, thank you, listener, for listening. And we will catch you next time on the Everyday a Monday Podcast. <laughs>